0: It's only April 17th. That was the message. One of the messages from the New York Giants as they opened their off-season conditioning program on Monday, April 17th. We have a recap of everything that was said as well as some thoughts about what's going on in the land of the Giants. That's coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. Happy to have you with us. It is Tuesday. Uh, today's show is actually the Tuesday, April 18th, but I'm recording this show on Monday, April 17th, because as the title of the show suggests, it's only April 17th. And I'm going to explain what that means in just a minute. But basically what we're going to cover on today's show is uh, the Giants reported to the offseason conditioning program. Most of them did at any rate. And we were able to hear from head coach Brian Dable. We were able to hear from uh, three players, Daniel Jones, Xavier McKinney, and Andrew Thomas and a whole bunch of stuff was covered. So I'm gonna bring you um, what you need to know, The what I consider you know, to be the key takeaways out of those media sessions, which were done via conference call, video conference call. So uh, we're gonna get into it, but first I just wanna say thank you to all our everydayers, those of you who either watch or listen to the Locked On Giants podcast every day. It is appreciated. Um, Some of you have been writing in, and I've been um, responding whenever I can to uh, those of you who have said that you're an everydayer. So, thank you so much for making the Lock on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, every day. It's appreciated. All right, let's get into it, shall we? All right, it's just April 17th. That was a common theme from the uh, players and coach that spoke. And as I've been saying basically all along uh, with regards to Saquon Barkley and Dexter Lawrence not showing up for the start of the off-season program, it's not a big deal right now, folks, all right? Saquon Barkley was able to confirm with um, Brian Dable that Barkley is not allowed in the building because he is not under contract. So technically, like I've been saying all along, Markley's not considered an employee of the Giants, so therefore he cannot come on site and work out with the team or take part in team activities or eat lunch with, in the cafeteria unless there's a waiver sign, all right? So no surprise there. Um, the situation with Dexter Lawrence, he is under contract, but it's business, and that's all it is. And, and, and these players, you know, his teammates, his head coach, they, they understand that. Now, Dable did say that he's had a conversation with both Saquon and with Dexter, that they keep the lines of the communication open. If things were that bad between the players and the head coach, there would not be any communication going on. You would probably see Dexter Lawrence or Saquon Barkley scrub their respective social media accounts of all things Giants. And I don't think that's that it has come to that as of now. So nor do I think it's going to come to that. So, and here's, here's the other thing, you know, uh, one of the questions that kept coming up is, what are these guys missing by not being at the um, off-season conditioning program? The answer is not a whole lot because here's how it kind of works, all right? Usually there's like three groups that work out starting, I, th- I think the first group starts at seven in the morning. And then I think it's every two or three hours throughout the day. Um, today might've been an exception because, you know, you have all the players coming back and, and Dable was able to have, you know, like a kind of a welcome back slash orientation type meeting with the players. But at this point for the next, you know, for the phase one of the off season program, it is not a big deal because some guys will, you know, some guys will come in and work out at seven o'clock in the morning. Some guys will come in later in the, in the morning and guys will pass. All right. So not a big deal. And not only that, but the players understand that, you know, it's business. They have all been, you know, in this position at some point where they've had to make business decisions. Nobody begrudges anybody because they, they understand it. All right. So, you know, as Dable said, and he was the first one to say it, it's only April 17th. The season doesn't start. Until September, training camp doesn't start until late July. A lot is going to go down between now and then. All right, including I do believe uh, Saquon. Excuse me, I believe Dexter Lawrence will get his new deal. Saquon Barkley has until July 17th to work out a long-term deal with the Giants. Absent that, you figure he's going to sign the tag, because I just don't see Barkley holding out as I've said before on the show. So nobody's panicking right now. You know, yeah, you'd like to have them in for, you know, the upcoming OTAs and the mini camps and all that stuff. And Dexter should be in for the mini camp, by the way, because as I said, he is under contract. um, So I'm not worried about him not showing up for that, but it's not the end of the world. It really isn't. So that was the message that I think the Giants wanted to disseminate that look, they still love their, their teammates. They support them, but they understand that it's all about business. And that's kind of where it stands folks. I mean, anybody who's looking to make a story out of this, anybody who's looking to say, Oh my God, the Giants have a dysfunctional locker room. or Oh my God, the Giants aren't good enough to overcome, you know, this selfishness by, by two of their star players, There is nothing to see here. So, you know, if you didn't believe me, hopefully now you believe it, that uh, Brian Dable has said it, that Daniel Jones said it, that Xavier McKinney said it, that Andrew Thomas said it. All three captains, by the way, those players all being co-captains last year. So that being said, that was your reaction to the absences. If you were looking for, for an explosive Oh my God, how dare they not show up? Nope, nothing to see here. All right, so what is there to see here? What what other interesting stuff came out of the, um, the media sessions? Well, gosh, I have a whole bunch of st- stuff here. I have a whole bunch of notes. So let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about year two of the Brian Dable era. All right, Brian Dable, um, I asked him about, potential changes that he might be looking to make to the program. And I got the generic answer. We're going to look at everything. We're going to change up everything and see what we could do better. But the important takeaway here in year two of Brian Dable's head coaching stint here with the Giants is that he has a better understanding now of what he has, the players that are holdovers and how they can kind of better fit the newcomers in around what they have. So in other words, this time last year, the coaching staff was new. They they hadn't really worked together. They were starting to learn about the players. What are the players' strengths? What are their weaknesses? And how can they, as a coaching staff, accentuate the strengths? Now they have a good idea. So basically, they know what the foundation is of this team. So as these new players come in, the Darren Wallers, the Jamison Crowders, the Paris Campbells, the Bobby kays and so on and so forth, and including the draft picks, now they could say, okay, this is what we have. This is what we kind of need. Let's kind of blend it all together. So for that reason alone, folks, if this team stays healthy, they're going to be that much better. Because now there is a better understanding of what needs to be done and how to further accentuate the positives and the strengths of the individual players into, you know, a a strong unit. So that was really big. And Babel um, also went on to say that, you know, they're going to build on what they started with year one. He he mentioned, you know, counting on the, the holdover players, the guys who are returning from last year to help set the stage for new players, not just in terms of on the field, but off the field, you know, expectations, the program and so forth. And they're going to look at potentially bringing in, you know, new techniques, new plays, new wrinkles, things that maybe we didn't see last year. And that leads to another point, folks. And that is the fact that there's continuity amongst the coaching staff, which was a a topic that was brought up um, with both Daniel Jones, Xavier McKinney, Um, the fact that they have the same coordinators and in Daniel's case, the same quarterbacks coach is underrated, but huge because now they don't have to start all over from scratch. They don't have to sit there and, you know, undo some of what they did last year because somebody has a different philosophy. So that is another reason to be optimistic that things will be a lot better for the giants moving forward. So that's, you know, optimistic, you know, optimism right there for um, anybody following the giants really big uh, move there. All right. Um, What else came out of the, uh, the the conference calls stick around. I've got a whole lot more to talk about coming up up right after this. Hey, giant fans, grand slams, no hitters and double plays are back and there's no better place to get in on the, MLB action then at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. We're bringing this podcast to you a little bit earlier than usual because the Giants um, opened up their offseason conditioning program. Head coach Brian Dable spoke, Daniel Jones spoke, Xavier McKinney spoke, Andrew Thomas spoke. So there was a lot, I thought, to come out of these various media sessions. And we're going to continue on with some of the, the major stories to come out of Um, these media sessions. But before we do, just a quick heads up on what's coming up here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Um, Later this week, I'm going to have Joel Corey on the show. Joel Corey, of course, is a former NFL agent, now is with CBS Sports, pens the Ask the Agent column. Um, When it comes to CBA matters, contracts and all that stuff, Joel's the man. And I'm excited to have him on because we're going to talk about Saquon. We're going to talk about Dexter Lawrence and everything in between when it comes to the Giants contract. So you will not want to miss that show. Um, that show will probably drop on Thursday. And I think I teased to this yesterday. I said that I was going to have an, uh, a guest on the show um, who, has, who is very well connected in college football uh, world, but also, you know, is good with the draft. I now have a date as to when I'm supposed to be interviewing this gentleman, and I can tell you who, it's, who it is. It is Bruce Feldman, who is, of course, a college football um, expert over at The Athletic. And this will be Bruce's first time on the show with me. We're going to tape Friday. So that show, I think, is going to drop Monday. I think that will be my Monday show, but we'll see how it kind of goes, how the rest of the week goes. Maybe I'll throw, I'll, I'll put it out there for the weekend. Give you a bonus show, but uh, that show is definitely coming up now that he is on the schedule. So we will just keep on bringing you um, shows. Um, also, I, I have to mention um, Joe Shane is speaking to the media on Thursday for his annual draft preview presser. So that will probably be Friday show if if I don't get it out, you know, early Thursday. So, so much coming up here on the Lawson Giants podcast. Please do stay tuned in, dialed in. Um, I'm going to try and bring you the very best content I can. So, okay, let's get back to the uh, the topic at hand, which is takeaways from the April 17th video conferences with members of the New York Giants. Um, in the last segment, I mentioned about the continuity on the offense and the defense. But an interesting topic, and I think one that's kind of underrated popped up Um, When talking with Andrew Thomas and with Daniel Jones, you know, we talk about continuity and how important that is, which it is. Um, But on the offensive side of the ball, specifically on the offensive line, we're not having continuity again, folks. So it's going to be a new starting center, possibly a new starting left guard, right? So the offensive line is still undergoing changes and I asked Andrew Thomas about that. I asked Daniel Jones about it. And Andrew said, you know, obviously it's going to take time getting used to everybody because, you know, when you think of an offensive line, you want that continuity. You want to get the players to the point where they can communicate non-verbally in addition to verbally. So that's going to take time and reps and practice and all that stuff. But for Daniel, this is kind of, you know, interesting. And I don't know that a lot of people think about this. I don't know how big of a deal it is, but uh, I did ask Daniel about this. And basically, Daniel has had a different starting center every year that he's been in the NFL. And that includes this coming year, he will have a different starting center. So I asked him about some of the challenges that are involved with that. And how do you kind of overcome them besides obviously practice? And Daniel, just to paraphrase, you know, did admit that it could pose a challenge that, you know, in addition to developing a comfort level with snapping the ball, with the cadence, you also have to get with the guy and watch film and kind of make sure that you're seeing things, protection calls and all that good stuff through the same eyes. So in many ways, you know, we talked about continuity before. With the offense, because the same offensive coordinator, the same quarterbacks coach, but on the field, that continuity is still not there. Because again, Daniel is starting over with a new center. So the good news folks is that they'll build it up. Um, They have plenty of time to build it up, but here's, what's interesting to me at any rate, although the Giants signed JC Hasenauer to be, um, a veteran center for them and by the way it is not confirmed that he's going to be the starter i mean ben bredison is still in the mix as in, as is uh Hassanal. there is the possibility that the giants draft the center which now puts them you know by the time the, if the draft takes place and the and the young man reports you know depending on what school he's coming from you know can he report right away or is his college still you know holding classes so, regardless, the uh, a, a new center, if one is drafted, should be here by the time OTAs start, and then it's just a matter of if that new center is going to step into the starting lineup, that they get comfortable with one another. And you know, I think back to something Sean O'Hara once said about you know playing center and working with a quarterback for the first time. Sean O'Hara once told me that. The center and the quarterback practice the exchange, the the, the snap of the ball thousands of times just to get that perfect. That's just one element of the whole thing, just getting that part down. But again, as Daniel said, the important thing is going to be um, getting on the same page, being able to look at what the defense is doing and with the same set of eyes Being able to communicate non verbally, you know. So, if Daniel sees something one way and and the center sees something a different way, that's where you could have mix ups and that's where you could have busted plays. So, that's something they're going to need to work on. And that's an important yet underrated part, I think, of this, you know, of this spring and what's coming up. So, uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. All right. What else was discussed in the calls? Um, Andrew Thomas was, uh, as I mentioned, one of the players who spoke. And let's talk a little bit about him and his growth as a player in the NFL. Uh, Thomas, of course, drafted in 2020. Now, Um, 2023 would be his um, fourth NFL season, which means it's technically the last year of his rookie deal. Now, it is expected that his option year will be picked up. I don't see that not being it. I don't see that being any kind of issue. I mean, it's a no brainer. I think as as far as a lot of people are concerned. So, you know, Andrew Thomas, you know, has gotten better and better every year. And uh, you know, he spoke about the difference for him in training this year, this off season for the first time, he doesn't have to train and work around um, rehab from surgery, which is going to be huge, you know? And I, Go back to last year, you know, with Saquon Barkley, when Saquon Barkley didn't have to train coming off of, you know, of of a major injury, how much of a difference did that make for him? Quite, quite the difference, actually. So the same thing, you know, with Andrew Thomas, who quite honestly, even dealing with the, you know, the rehab from the ankles and whatnot, the feet injuries that he had, um, he was still pretty good. So just think how much better he's going to be being able to train, you know, the way he needs to, or the way he wanted to, without having to worry about, you know, rehabbing some kind of injury. So that's going to be huge for the Giants offensive line. Um, That's, uh, you know, also going to be huge for Andrew Thomas, who eventually is going to need a new contract. Now I don't think it'll be this year that he gets the new contract, but it's coming folks. (laughs) He's going to get paid. Eventually it's, it's coming. Um, I don't think the Giants, you know, I think the Giants actually, you know, a few other priorities they have to address now, but, um, rest assured Andrew Thomas will, will be one of them soon enough. Um, you know, I mentioned the, uh, the, the leap that, that he took, um, from year one to year two. And, um, you know, basically with Thomas, he just took, took it one day at a time, one one week at a time, and so on and so forth, didn't get discouraged, just kept focusing on things he needed to do to get better. Now, why do I mention that? Because still a lot of people are concerned about Evan Neal and what's going to happen with him. Is he going to be better? Is he going to, you know, take that Andrew Thomas-like leap? Now, if you've been tuned into the show, you know, I um, I had Willie Anderson on the show, Who's been training with uh, Who's trained um, Evan Neal, and they've been working in cooperation with um, Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach for the Giants, to help Evan Neal find a stance that he is comfortable with. And uh, I think what people forget a lot with when it comes to Evan Neal is that last year was really his first time playing exclusively on the right side after playing, you know on left tackle the year prior in college. So there was an adjustment period, but the feeling is, is that Evan Neal will be that much better this year. Now, that being said, you know, just talking about Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, the Giants offensive line, um, while a little bit better last year, still has a ways to go. So this year, and, you know, I know we've heard this before from the from the unit, they want to be the dudes. They want to be the bell cow, if you will, you know, the rock, the, the, the solitude of fortress. They want to be the rocks, the brick walls, the, uh, you know, the center of the offense to help the skill position players move forward. So. So we will see again, the offensive line still undergoing some changes again, we'll see what those changes are. Um, another thing I want to mention real quick is I asked Daniel Jones, um, about some of these new players that they brought in to the offense and what he has learned about them. Um, you know, having worked out with them in Arizona, and I believe they also had a camp, uh, at Duke. I, I want to say in, in March, that would have been so Daniel Jones, who, by the way, much more confident, you know, has a better understanding of the offense, obviously Um, Daniel Jones, really enthusiastic about the different pieces that the giants have added to his offensive skills, uh, weaponry. So, you know, you've got Darren Waller who can provide, you know, who can create nightmares over the middle, Paris Campbell, who can open things up deep down the field, you know, Jamison Crowder who could be, you know, a slot receiver, Uh, Jeff Smith, who's more of a special teamers, but he's also, you know, a sneaky, speedy type of guy. And then the addition or or the return of Sterling Shepard, who's a favorite of Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton, with whom Jones has always had a connection. Um, The return of Daniel Bellinger, who was under contract, but, you know, we can't forget about him. Uh, Daniel's excited about what he has. So, um, you know, he likes this collection of talents, and, and it's just a matter of how offensive coordinator Mike Kafka puts it all together. But it's going to be quite the sight to see, I think, watching how this all comes together. And and Daniel was very, very upbeat on that. So, all right, folks, coming up next, we have an injury update that we need to talk about. So don't go anywhere. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traynor. And we are recapping the key takeaways from the Giants media calls on Monday, April 17th. That's right, April 17th. Reminder that we still have a long way to go before training camp, before the season, that things are just getting started now. So plenty to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about an injury update, a very important injury update that I was really glad to be able to start the ball rolling on and and ask about this. And that, of course, is to the hand injury that was suffered by safety Xavier McKinney. Now, where we last left off with McKinney, he was talking about sticking around in East Rutherford and working on rehabbing his hand that he injured during that week nine by week um, accident in Mexico when he went away for for like a, a long weekend trip. And I asked McKinney about the hand and, you know, he was very upbeat about it, said that the hand is, you know, is healing, that it's a hundred percent and he was good to go. So I then followed up and I said to him, okay, so this, does this mean that you don't think you'll have to wear any kind of protective apparatus on that hand? That's where it kind of, you know, backtracked a little bit. He didn't think that he would have to, but it sounds like, you know, he's going to continue working with that hand, rehabbing it, getting the grip strength back. um, And they're going to make a decision as to whether or not he needs further protection on that hand once they get a little bit closer to training camp, the season and whatnot. McKinney felt that, um, you know, last year, even with the splint or the soft calves that he had to wear, he felt that it was not a hindrance to his play. we can debate that if you want. I mean, look, I'll, I'll yield to the player, but, you know, the player obviously is always going to have a, a, a sunny side dis, disposition on it. But um, I think if given his druthers, he probably would have liked to have not played with any kind of apparatus on his hand, even though he's, he had done it before in college. So the thing I want to talk about with McKinney, besides the positive um, update on his hand, is his status. With the team right now. So, you know, Dexter Lawrence in the final year of his deal, you know, his his option year, and he's sitting out. Well, so's McKinney. McKinney is in the final year or about to enter the final year of his contract, but he's not sitting out. So why is that? Well, this kind of goes back to you know, every case being different. And I think in the case of McKinney, the reason why he is. At the start of the off season program, and he was asked about this, by the way, and he just basically said, you know, he's he wants to focus on the now and getting better and so on and so forth. But I think there's a couple of other things involved here. Number one is the fact that he missed quite a few games last year because of that hand injury, and when you're coming off of an injury, probably not a good idea if you're under contract to sit out any part of the uh, off season program voluntary or not. So that's probably number one. More importantly, when McKinney was injured, you'll recall that the Giants designated him as an NFI non-football injury because the injury happened away from the football field. And when a player is designated as an NFI, the team is within its rights to say, you know what? We're not paying you because you got injured off the job. It's not our responsibility. The Giants didn't do that to him. They did not dock him any pay. They did not seek to recover any, you know, signing bonuses or anything like that. They did right by the player. So if you don't think for a second that McKinney and his agent, by the way, he did change agents. He confirmed that. But if you don't think for a second that that was noticed by McKinney and his agent, think again. That little goodwill gesture, I think, told McKinney that, look, the Giants are going to treat you in good faith here, that when your time comes, things will, you know, you, you won't have to worry about any, you know, baloney being slung your way or anything like that. So I think that really went a long way. And um, that is one of the many reasons why McKinney is in the offseason program. So, um, you know, there's something to be said about the message that is sent to the locker room. And look, let's go back just real quick to the Saquon and Dexter situations. Again, Dable's not going to come out and throw a temper tantrum because Saquon's not signed in, in the building that Dexter is not in the building. All right you're sending the wrong message. I think if you sit there and you throw a temper tantrum, so there has to be an understanding that, look, these guys have business to take care of. They have to do what's right for them. And I think if you know, a team respects that boundary and respects what a player has to do. You just send, you just create a better locker room environment. You know, there, there have been in the past, um, you've seen coaches or you've heard coaches kind of take little backhanded swipes at players who have stayed away. That doesn't accomplish anything. All it does is it creates ill will. And this regime of Joe Shane and Brian Dable is so determined to keep a strong lock locker room culture going that they're just not going to do that. They're not going to be, you know, immature about it. And I think that's a good thing. I really do. And, like I said, I think Xavier McKinney realizes it and appreciates it. I think at the end of the day, you know, when we eventually hear from Dexter Lawrence, once he gets his new deal taken care of, he will say that he appreciates it. And, you know, at some point when Saquon does come in, and I do believe he's going to come in, probably not for a while yet, but he will be in eventually. He might come to the, to you know, the conclusion that he appreciates the Giants not, you know, putting pressure on him to get his deal done, you know, to take less of what he, what he should be getting or anything like that. So the giants, you know, in year two of Joe shade, Brian Dable era, still trying to do what's best and build up that strong camaraderie and that strong culture in the locker room, which cannot be understated. So that's pretty much it guys. That's the rundown at the key points from the uh, video conference calls Make sure you keep it here the rest of the week here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, I'm going to have Joel Corey coming up. Joel Corey, uh, I'm interviewing Wednesday. So that show will probably run Thursday. Joe Shane is speaking to the media on Thursday. So that show will run Friday. Uh, Bruce Feldman is scheduled to come on with me Friday. So that show will probably run Monday. So uh, we'll just plug in uh, wherever we have gaps. And just keep it going here on the Locked on Giants podcast. So thank you as always for making us your first listener of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. I'm your host, Patricia Traina. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.